Hey, welcome to WTY Podcast. This is Rich Kamko. And what you're about to hear is my first podcast interview in L.A. I actually went, was en route to a gig in uh, Hawaii, and I thought I'd stop in L.A., and I had to grab Ian Harvey. He's an amazing, amazing performer, and I want to get his story. And as you know, L.A. is so spread out, it takes forever to get anywhere. So we agreed to meet somewhere, somewhere random. It was a strip mall on Wilshire and Highland, just from scrambling around and trying to find, getting through traffic, we just sort of li- just piled in there and was able to squeeze in this hour in the middle of his crazy, crazy schedule. So uh, the power goes out near the end and I just wing it and have to pull out my iPad and get that audio. So please forgive that technical glitch at the end, but boy, it was worth it to grab this moment with him. So here's the next episode with Ian Harvey. <laughs> we there yet? W-T-Y. We there yet? The podcast with Rich Kiamko. Uh, that's me. <laughs> we there yet? We there yet? Hi, we're back to WTY We There Yet podcast, and we're live in some strip mall in LA it's on Wilshire Boulevard. In a restaurant called Chinese Food, which I have a joke about. You have a that. joke about, right? I do, right. yeah. It's right. right across from Chinese Food and Donut. They they just stopped c- they just stopped naming places and restaurants in L.A. because they ran out of names for places they just call it what it is. Right, right. So we are in the restaurant called Chinese Food. Yeah, yeah. Everyone knows Chinese which food, which also might be mistaken for cash only with all the uh, those cash only signs. Oh right, everywhere. It's a cash only. This is differentiating. It's yeah, cash only from the Chinese other guy food. down the street I'm, that I'm takes cards. I'm here with uh, amazing comedian. Ian Harvey, who's also a co-star from Transparent, uh, and a trans male comedian. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm, yeah. I'm trying to think of because I've there's and I met you through the Maine Comedy Festival, which was I guess last summer. But I loved watching Transparent. Transparent has exploded. It's like, I feel like this. Re- you're part of this revolution. Absolutely. In consciousness. Yeah, absolutely. I watched it. In I'm, media. I'm, I'm a queer Filipino vegan, and <laughs> I felt like a homophobic thug asshole watching, <laughs> watching this. Because I'm like, it's yeah. making my head explode in terms of gender identification, biosexual. Well, it's just all these things kind of spun out of my head. I, I, lit- I was laughing and crying and having nightmares for the first week about my own like just who do i think i really am and my own kind of i feel conservative next to the trans community Well, even if you're out and queer and you've been out for a long time and you have have a pretty strong sense of identity if you watch that show you can't help but afterwards no matter who you are go okay wait do i need to like tear it all down and rebuild it again because i have okay who am i in, in relationship to this show and you know what it plugged me into i mean it plugged me into stuff too and i'm right. i'm trans and i know quite a bit about the topic so but what what plugged you in because you are a trans i mean you originally came out you, so let's talk about your journey you came out when you were as as lesbian originally yeah i mean i I don't know if i ever used the word lesbian other than and not other than sort of like to sort of joke about myself because it always felt awkward to me so i didn't know how to say it without actually um saying it in a joking way because I 
didn't even realize it, but, and I wasn't making fun of other lesbians saying that, like, I just felt silly for me to say lesbian because I never felt like a lesbian, but I was a female person in a relationship with another female person, so I didn't know how to describe that, so I usually so said dyke. I usually said dyke. Dyke. I, ne I like, it because it was a butcher-sounding word than la -la -la lesbian, and uh, I just, <laughs> for me, like, I was a but masculine female. You just said no, I liked bull dyke, too, because there were times Did you use uh, sometimes, because in, in the Midwest where I grew up, lesbo was like a that was like the female version of homo. But like, like it was see, a hard, I love all all queer words. None of those are hard for me. No, I'm I'm proud and loving of all of them. Even if someone calls me a fag today, like I love all of those well, words. Can't I, I, be used against when me. When I was hanging out with you at the festival, I was like. I kept talking to you. I just, for some reason, I kept slipping into just, Ian's one of the one of the bears. One of the, um, not, not <laughs> Chicago bears, but like gay. <laughs> yeah, you know, because yeah, yeah. you have more body and facial hair. You have more facial hair on your chin than I have on my whole body. <laughs> and this, you, right, right now, right. I have, just for the camera, this is like over a week of not shaving. Okay, so this is over a week Are of not serious? shaving. Are you serious? So I have like. You haven't shaved in a week? So this is what it looks like. You know, it, I, -uh. and this is a lot. Really? I didn't actually get body hair till I was about 20. Wait, can I just feel for a second? Yeah. It's, it's like they're, stubble. They're, they're yeah. thick. They're thick, though. They're not. It's just spread out, and it's not fast. Okay. It's they're like, like they're like, like they're like small branches. There's just right. not a lot of them. Right. Right. Okay. It's, it's a little okay. more. It's more manicure, naturally edited. Okay. You have like dense. Well, you know what? It's all it is is it, it's um it's testosterone that made me grow the beard, but it's not testosterone that actually made the beard thickness what it d it's like you're pre you're genetically predisposed right. to like your father your father's father your mother's father all that sort of stuff right right so like this the facial hair that i have really comes from my dad is a really hairy dude and our our descendants are f we or we descend from probably like Scottish, German, and also Persian. Like, if you uh, look at these eyebrows, oh like, yeah, yeah, those are definitely, um, those are definitely, which I just found out like years got and two years, hundreds crescents. of years you have ago. Two fertile crescents but, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but there is like this thick, dark um, eyes and dark eye, thick, dark eyebrows that like all the Harvey, my dad has five brothers. They they all have the same bushy, thick, crazy right, right. eyebrows. Well, actually, I, I did play, I played golf with your very loving father. Uh, 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 was he is a very sweet man. It was very alien because I did not grow up with that kind of a father. He was very like, I was trying to learn to golf for the first time, and I'm oh hitting yeah. it. I'm He's a good teacher. He's very he's gentle. He's very good. He's gentle. He's a patient. He's like, well, try yep. turning this way. And I, I would still dig up another like divot of like <laughs> three pounds <laughs> right, of right, soil, yeah. two pounds of grass, yeah. and throw that, for, and the ball would just sort of dribble. But he was just like, okay, let's, why don't you try turning? And he was very like, I almost felt like, like, am I being set up? Cause he's, no, he's, he's the night you're going to feel like you're going to be punked, like he was right. going to beat you with a club right. at well the that, end. But that's yeah. how I learned as a kid. I, I'm really good at tennis. Like, we were playing uh, tennis at the festival. I was like, I had to turn on, like, my dad level. I started hitting the guys, like, in the chest or the face with the ball. They're like, dude, what are you doing? I'm like, what? Well, I'm here to win. I'm here to play. Yeah, you know, I got that about you right away at the festival um, at comedy camp at, in the summer. Like right away, like the first activity that we did was the first morning after everybody arrived was the canoe race. Oh, it was horrible. And you were in intensely competitive, but I saw you crack open instantly because you were paired with my friend Kevin. Yeah. Who is like the sweetest geek. Um, Very geeky. He had a Stormtrooper t-shirt on. Yeah. I'll take that guy. Which, by the way, which, which, by the way, he totally identifies as a geek. And he says he has, he's a geek. But he also has sort of a rising dweeb, is what he says. Like right, he, he's right. like a combination of, and he, he barely can swim. 
Um, right. He, no. He, he basically has what he calls and what I coined the panic stroke. Yeah. And so you paired with him, and he and there was a part of you that just wanted to keep going with or without him. Right. You're like I'm in to win, I'm in it to win it, and it was really nice to see you stop and go wait a second. Like to see that cracking open of somebody for a moment of like, you know what? I don't have to do that. I don't have to be like that in this. This is like, what? Do, this isn't the Olympics, you know? This right. isn't you know, <laughs> right, like, right. This isn't the Gay Olympics in <laughs> right, Toronto. Right. This is the Gay Olympics, and you're going to be weighed down by 120 pounds of a straight guy, you know, yeah. like carry him through yeah, the water. Yeah. I'm like, okay, wait. And I just looked at him. I saw like, oh, he's a per and I've been in his position too. I mean, I can be competitive, but I've had situations when I was in gym class and the guys were ready to pummel me and kill me. I'm like, why would I do that to another person? Like, mm. and I saw that. I'm like, uh, okay. And I'm like, just breathe. I have to say that was, there. for me, it was one of my highlighted moments of that week was watching you stop and um, literally, but also you know, metaphorically stop and reach for him. Right. Um, it was, w it was one of the first moments of that week that I saw like that. And it was what I wanted to have happen and foster to have, you know, foster that those kinds of things mm. to happen during that week. So, um, that this wasn't about, you know, who can be first in the canoe race or who can write the best joke or who's the funniest or any of that bullshit that happens at other comedy festivals. Right, right. But to create an environment that was very sort of uh, like the family that you didn't have. Right. <laughs> 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 you have all failed. Yeah. All of you go home. Go to your room. None of you won. So, <laughs> but to like create a really loving environment and to sort of strip away those layers that we all have when we first meet a whole group of people that we don't know and right. make it really summer campy, which everybody achieved that goal in my mind. But that was the first moment that I saw. It was a really beautiful moment oh, for me. Oh, thank you. So. I, yeah, well, that was, but it was like, that was the game changing moment for me at the festival. Cause I'm like, okay, I slept, I ran through my set. I brought my notebooks. I'm ready for school. I'm going to, like, you know, <laughs> I'm going to, where's the extra credit? I'll stay after class. I was right, ready to do right. all that stuff. And then we're doing this thing. Oh, oh, I can swim. I can, I, I'm great. I'm great. I'll do it. I was, I'm, you know, I brought all my stuff. And then I was like, oh, this is a human being on a completely different journey with me on uh, in this canoe. And at this point, uh, okay, you could drag him, keep his face over the, no. <laughs> what are you doing? You're going to become one of those reality show That's people, funny. those assholes. I'm like, no. No, I mean, you. It's it, what's really beautiful is that you could have been one of those guys. And I, I know how to do it. I've been there. <laughs> but you, but you weren't. It was really. It was really a. It was a nice shift. And um, anyway, it was great. It was great having you there. What a great week that was. And oh, um, we're gonna do it again this summer too. Well, I'm, I was saying earlier off camera. And hold it a little closer to your chin. I uh, I was like, I'll run the vision map Kim, workshop. You know, like I'll do that part. I mean, I'd love that. There was so many. It was such a holistic approach. I mean, there was definitely, it was fun to do, say, the writing workshops and people kind of tagging things up and we're all going up trying. And then the challenge of writing five new minutes yeah. for the festival in your 15-minute set. And everyone's like, what? What do you mean? Dude, in two days, we're going to get five new minutes? And, like, where are we going to go run our shit? We have to go run it at yeah, 20 and for mics. Those, for those listening not in the know, so, like, I started this comedy festival. The, the main comedy festival. Yeah, so the main comedy festival the last summer when you were there was the fifth year that we had done it. The first year we did it, we kind of stumbled upon this magic of it feeling like camp by the end of the time that we were there and people were leaving kind of a little, not in tears, but very sentimental about what they experienced that week. And we kind of stumbled upon this magic, but 
in a way, and, and not so much either, because I am someone in my personal life have been sort of obsessed with camp and creating camp life wherever I go among friends. It's why I drive an SUV. I'm a, I'm just I'm hoping <laughs> that people like will just seven. I'm hoping people will just get in and we're gonna go someplace together. Um, <laughs> so and I know it's you know it, it's not you know right to have an SUV these days and all over, but I really want to pile as many people as I can in, in it and go somewhere like let's take a hike or let's build a f- campfire let's you know go for a swim whatever that is so i we stumbled upon this vibe in the first year and then the second year we tried to harness it a little bit we made the days a little bit longer rather than going up for there for three days we made it four days right um and then this this time i think we made it it was like tuesday to sunday and and but as the years have passed and then sarah and i my partner and i were like wait a second like what if we were to pitch this you know um and sort of to, to comics and to sort of twist it up a little bit, make it a little bit more formalized, have an actual schedule and actually have writing sessions and like right. get these comics to come here and participate in camp and do all these activities like zip lining and, right. and uh, swimming and the canoe races and cliff, cliff jumping. diving. Well, I and dove. Yes, yeah, you yeah. did. Yes. You, which I, we have a great photo of you diving. It's oh so my God. great. Um, so do all these like things together and get everybody to sort of crack open, write new material and not make it, it actually wasn't mandatory that people write new material. I wanted to make it sound like it was because I wanted people to be invested. Right, right, right. But so you want to have skin in first, the game. Yeah. So first night ever after when everybody arrives is like, welcome to comedy camp. Like we're well, you know, you're not just here to have fun, but you're going to write new material. In fact, five new minutes of material. Let's go to the room where we're going to do the writing, check it out. And every there was people that were like, yes. And those people were like, this is fucking bullshit. <laughs> you know, <laughs> Johnny, Johnny Ader, who's one of my oh, best yeah. friends. Oh yeah, he was like, he, he, he was fret, he was really fretting. Um, but yeah. it ended up it ended up being wonderful. So we spent a week together. So this was the first year you got to experience the first year where we did it in a way that was more conscious, mm. uh, consciously like honing that energy of like opening up, writing new material, having new experiences, breaking down like sort of the the cultural barriers uh, of like, where are you from? You're from the city, I'm from the country. Like I'm a big comic, you're a little comic. I'm a this or I'm funny or you're not, you know, I need right, that kind right, of stuff. Right. Breaking all that bullshit down and having, like creating for a week, a family of people that would otherwise never have sort of a, maybe found each other or allowed each other in and i remember that first sort of night and you know people like there is uh some posturing that sort of happens of like you know and people instantly trying to like one-up each other with jokes and then the next day um we did the while the very physical activity of people almost drowning right right (laughs) in their (laughs) ugly horrifically ugly orange life vest right right um and then we did that writing exercise where I thought the writing exercise was really beautiful because everybody could have joked their way through that writing exercise. Right. But the writing exercise was all these questions of like, what's your five top favorite bands, your five top favorite movies, your five top whatever. And then like uh, filling in the blanks of I love, I cherish, I feel, I miss, I wish. Right, right. And everybody got serious. Got really heavy. And, you know, people talking about like, you know, missing their mother who died or like, I mean, just stuff that like, you're like, and it, all, everybody's shoulders in that moment on that first full day that we were there right, went right. down from their ears by like six inches. Right, right, and right, right. And it was the initial cracking of that week. And from that moment on, I just felt like nobody looked at each other the same way. And that was like, this 
is what I'm trying to create. And everybody just seemed like at that point was all in. Except for that one guy from Canada who left. Oh, right. <laughs> who, who split the thing. He hey, was like, hey, not my so thing. Not my thing. See you guys later. See ya. Which is fine. That's fine. Right, 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 right. But, um, but I, I have to say, you know, I, um, I was really proud of everybody. I was proud of myself for sort of, you know, uh, helping orchestrate it and maybe being a guide. But I was mostly... Um, um, I was mostly just um, proud of everybody for being so present and showing up and doing what I had hoped they would do. And they so. they, they made themselves available. They could have just been yeah, on and go, yeah, yeah absolutely. I wish so-and-so would die. Yeah, you know, like yeah, And just totally. been a punchline to a punchline. It, it was really beautiful, beautiful week. I, and I, it's, it's really what I want to do with my summers. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, I think that's great. So. I mean, there's, such a, there's also value in that. I think also getting out of your element and getting out of like, okay, I'm gonna s sit here and sit on a writer's table. It's like doing all these other experientials actually kind of loosens you up to find out things that you couldn't, you know, even when people are in a writer's room, they're like, okay, let's go for a walk. Let's go play ping pong. Let's do, because you can't just sit here and like yeah. white knuckle yeah, your way into absolutely. funny. Yeah. So it's it's a great combination of, of a retreat and I loved it. I can't wait. I mean, you're doing it. It's this year again, right? I mean, yeah, like absolutely. Like yeah, Maine, for sure. Maine, M-A-I-N-E, you know, like, like yeah. the, the state. Maine Comedy Festival. Yeah. But, uh, well, I want to, uh, do you want to go back? Because you were saying uh, Transparent, which is on Amazon. Yeah. Which, uh, multi-award multi winning. The, one of the reasons, wait, about Transparent, one of the reasons why I loved being on Transparent was because the atmosphere on set was just like, I mean, it again is that community, family type vibe now that I'm you guys constantly seeking among friends, among artists, among yeah. um, among people. I mean, these are all people f that who, who didn't necessarily know each other before being cast on this show huh. that come together and crack open and become family. Yeah. Which I, again, I'm obsessed with. So. Yeah. Well, it just felt. It also just the 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 tone of transparent. The scenes feel, they feel almost like they're being improvised. There's a oh yeah, they uh, many 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 of them. Because like that they have a script. They have a script. Don't don't get me wrong. Every episode has a script, but every director on, uh, on there and Jill is the at the helm of this um, this kind of um, approach is, and she calls it a very feminist approach where you you basically are a guide and you're not like it's not a hierarchical kind of process where here's the director, the writers write this, and then you have to say the words. She talks about going to set of like previous TV shows that she wrote on, like Six Feet Under, and going down to the set and waiting for the actors to say her words the way that she wrote them kind of thing. And she's like, listen, I really, I, here's the guy, this is like a template, and here's like a, a guide, and you know, I'd love to hear it sa said like this, but I've also, I want you to say it how you want to say it too. And and so you're given that all the, the she entrusts the the actors to um, channel <sighs> their own feelings and words into scenes as well. And many of the so yes, the writers write all these things, and they're incredibly written. Yeah, and yeah. S and many many times, an actor will be in that scene and feel something and bring something of their very own to it that also makes nice. the cut. Because it really feels when I'm watching, yeah. it, I feel like God, this feels so. I don't know. It just felt so organic. Yeah, to, to the level. absolutely. Like, I feel like are they improving these? These feel so like. Well, mm. and um, I remember like being really freaked out about getting the words right, and Jill was like, "Say it, don't say it. I don't care. Just, 
do what nice. you feel right now. Like, nice. wh- what are you feeling right now? Like that kind of, and that really was, I mean, it's really fostered by all of the, I mean, I'm sure it was really uh, hard for the script supervisor <laughs> 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 because I, many times a script supervisor would come in and go, actually, you know, it says this. And um, I'm like, right, right. Yep. I'm, I'm, I got it. And then she would walk away and she'll be like, don't forget about that. Anyway, just <laughs> say, <laughs> you know, um, but yeah, you're right. And if your, your sense was that it was a lot of, it, it is a lot of improv. There's a lot of stuff from people's lives that come through in a moment that may, made the cut, you know? Okay, um, great. We're live here at Chinese food. So yeah. you're hearing the sounds of everything happening. Yes. I feel like we're, we could be in Beijing right now. And it'd be like, <laughs> you know what I like that we did not ask if we could film here. We right. did not. This is like, this we're is, this is like gorilla co- yeah, gorilla style par- podcast. And I think that they're not saying anything to you because you're Asian. I think that you're, I think if it was me and another white dude or somebody, right, they'd right, be right, like, right. um, what are you doing? I'm but using, I think I'm using my, my brown <laughs> privilege. Yeah. 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 <laughs> So, so <laughs> what? The other thing um, you were saying, because for me, my head was spinning out. I was like having nightmares and laughing and what? Because it's not just a trans person's journey. There's so many ridiculous, dysfunctional fragments of everyone in this family and oh, in absolutely, this community yeah. that I'm like, no. Why is it that the straight person is the only most normal person? In the everyone else is like, because center is the trans person. They're orbited by mostly gay, bi, but and, and you know some straight, but but like. The like the the civilian of the of the quote unquote patriarchal world is the straight husband, who is like seems almost the most sane, and yet every I'm so invested in these people, like, but there's all these little plane crashes happening. Yeah, you know? there's there. It's interesting. Everybody has a different take on it. Like, uh, but it is a a different specific take on it. But everybody has the same broad take, which is they're all so fucked up. <laughs> And selfish. Selfish is like the number one word oh that I hear God. about the review of like sort of lay people. It's like, oh, I hate those people. They're so selfish. And I, I, th- I want to I, I usually when I hear that, I just think, oh, they got plugged into something. When someone says selfish, I'm like, they got plugged into something that they see on the show. And I, when I say plugged in, I mean, like, they probably, too, are selfish themselves who right. are saying you it. Spot like, it. You got it. Yeah. I'm like, I just feel I, like they're doing everything that I would never have permission to do. Like, it's all the selfish things I right, want to do that right. they're like, oh, they're living it. They're living yeah. the dream. <laughs> right, they are right, living right. the narcissistic dream. Right. Oh, this is what it looks like when no one shames you out of doing that. Yeah. Like, oh, it my is. God. That is what it is. Oh, my yeah. God. That's that great. is what it is. Um, it's, 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 the Pfeffermans do it's, exactly what the Pfeffermans right. want to do. It's, it's kind of um, obscenely satisfying to the... Because I'm a, I'm a very good boy. I was beaten into being a good boy. So I'm watching all these people like, nobody's beating them. Well, They're all doing this. In the first season, I remember Jill saying, and I think every season maybe even has sort of morphed into a sort of an, a new theme. But I remember at the very beginning, and maybe this is a continuous throughout the all, all seasons, but she said something, you know, this, this show is about the question, will you love me if I fill in the blank? Right, right. And that the answer is always a resounding yes. But we're going to do some fucked up things. Right. We're going to go as far to, to the to edge. And to, yeah, and to this? see if you'll still say yeah. If I poke the yeah. eyes out of this? Yeah. If I stab this person in the heart here? So how, how, uh, so I think that when, which is, a, I like, so I like your reference of like the, 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 these people are just, it's um, satisfying or gratifying to watch these people pursue exactly what they want to pursue. Right. Because they're itching places I've never been able to reach. Like they're going to go all the way. Oh, all the way. Let it, well, let it keep Well, think about how many things that we don't do for ourselves that we really want to do, but we won't because of fear of someone not loving us. Right. I mean, right. truly. I mean, that is the thing that stops us from moving forward into 
chasing something that we want to chase. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, I felt that way about my transness for a really long time. I thought, what if my family doesn't love me anymore if I pursue this or if I... Um, I just so there's a lot of things that whether it be art, whether it be identity, whether it be relationship, whether it be um, a particular kind of sex you want to have, whether it be I mean, there's it's right. really limitless, like the, the topics that you can cover with that question. Right. Uh, will you love me if I and I and I think that this show, it's a it's about family and relationships. But um, as a as a trans person, cause you we, earlier in the interview, you said that. It, it made you kind of it challenged you. What was something that challenged you in terms of your identity or what, what kind of what challenged me in terms? I think, um, you know, I, I had a really um, hard time quieting all the voices of all the people in my life that I thought that they wanted something specific for me. Um, ab about around my sexual identity, about being trans or being queer, about um, who I would date or what I wanted to do with my body, how did I want to transform my body in particular. So my biggest challenge was quieting the voices of all those people around me, what I thought my mother would say, what I thought my father or anybody else in my life would say if I actually pursued um, taking hormones and having chest surgery. Wow. So to quiet all those voices and to put my voice above all others which is if you think about it and I think about transparent I think about like Allie and she you know puts her <laughs> voice above all others she does what yeah, she, she wants does. from her hair to right. who she fucks like right. what she wears right. you know whether she her, her career whether she goes to school whether she has a I mean I mean it's real but that is if you think about it that is every Pfefferman's sort of right mother her, her, father right, right. all siblings every single one of them puts what's really beautiful and people say it's selfish but we all should do this to some extent without without trying to injure others intentionally. Right, right. Um, but to put our voice above all out, others and, and to do what we need to do for ourselves in order to be happy. Right, right. Because that's, everyone's on their own, like, I'm on my path. I, it's like, it's not about boundaries. So the selfishness is, I don't think it's bad. I think it's just, um, it's hard for people to watch because the people who are maybe critiquing it as selfish are probably holding themselves back from something that they really want to do for themselves. Right, but right, But they right. won't because of fear of, losing love from others or hurting others right right so right i mean uh, i don't want to spoiler alert the the new season there's a wedding and you know a wedding oh well anyway but you know it's like you look yeah. at this going oh my god but at the same time like but she was being she freed you she could have married you and then I, well spoiler alert don't listen to this part <laughs> well it's not a spoiler it didn't come out yesterday it came out right right last, right last but pe fall, I just so. people just kind of watch it it's just it it just made my head explode. I think it just challenged everything, all my own assumptions about my gender identity. Like, oh, I mean, I have like a a male, a gay male friend who's like gay identified. He's like, oh, I was at this CVS and this girl was hitting on me. I'm like, ah, I'll go fuck her. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, what? <laughs> like, it made my head explode. Well, you, you know, know, here's the truth. Like, so he did. You know, think about it. Like, um, even like when I, I mean, I've thought about this uh, many times. Like, when I came out into the lesbian community, there was sort of this induction into the lesbian community around like if you are be are a lesbian or you're a dyke, you basically have to swear off dick. You you cannot fuck another guy ever if you ever did in the first place, which I had not. So if you if this you're gonna do this, then you're all in. And 
if you do do something like that, you're going to be kind of excommunicated from this community if you do. Right. Gay men go through the same thing. There's this hazing of gay men that if they show any curiosity about female bodies or maybe curiosity about, you know, inserting their penis into a vagina, that somehow that is, like, wrong and that they are, um, what's the word, Betraying their gay brothers by maybe having that desire. And listen, if someone brings up pussy, you better have a joke about how it smells in your back pocket. Right, right, right. I mean, it's like all this like weird hazing. So you go from this community. Like a heterophobia. Yeah, there's this community that like you have come from that you're trying to break free from, to have freedom from. Right. And to have sexual freedom from. But you're inducted into another trap. Yeah. It's the same yeah, template. Absolutely. The same template. Same template. And so uh, um, we are I, so in L.A. right now. There's like car alarms yeah. going on. So um, I just feel like when I came out as trans, and I started taking testosterone and I started my libido was through the roof and I started sexualizing everybody, uh, not just women, but men and everybody something happened for me that i was like wait a second i'm like i bought hook line and sinker that whole bullshit of like that you can only be this if you are this you can only be this right and right wanting to be so badly accepted by even my lesbian and dyke sisters that you know like basically will you love me if i think that dudes are attractive too like right you know, right, will you right. love me if i and like all those voices of my lesbian you know right, sisters right. and uh so i there's there's even in our queer community, there's such a binary. It's like, oh god, right, like, right. It's just the same trap. Yeah, don't totally, you know, or but that it's all in the gay world. It's like you can be gay, don't fucking act like a faggot. Be straight, masculine, and all this. There's like this hyper masculine. Uh, I mean, you're allowed to well, be. Well, the a pendulum has swung in both directions. Right. Like I would say, you know, it was entertaining to be. I want to say, forgive me if I, like for if I'm speaking, not eloquently about this but it seems like in the 80s and 90s it was entertaining and fun to be really flamboyant and Campy. one side Campy, right, right, yeah. right 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 and now like there's there was like this major backlash against that and it's like you got to be butch you got to be super butch and like like i'm gay but like i'm not i'm not you know like what you were just saying like right right and so it's like oh, there's it is like a spectrum and e- there's a spectrum in every community right and um it's just it's it's maddening that um that even the, th- these people who were breaking a, uh, making a break for freedom <laughs> right, <Went laughs> also have their own black and white sort of rules. Right, yeah. in their own little yeah. trap. Yeah. Ah. But so now, so, so just to backtrack then, so you told your parents when you were 19? Ni- I told you my parents when I was 19 that I liked girls. And when, when you were younger, you were, what was the first... Because it's it's a different journey. Like for me, I was like four years old, and the Sears repairman was fixing the, the freezer in the basement. I'm like, oh, this is hot, and I, I didn't know what it was, but I was all tingly, and I wanted to be friends with him. And I came down and like brought root beer, and I was in my pajamas, and I was being seductive without knowing what I was trying to do. Yeah, but um, you had I mean an attraction. I kn- to well, I mean, I, I the, when you came out is different than when you knew, right? Right, right. So you knew at four, but when did you come out? Um. Five, to my parents, five. I was <laughs> five. Well, I knew at four, but I came out well, of five. Well, I was sort of seeing him at four, <laughs> but he was also kind of, you know, closet. It's hard, you know, when they're like in their 40s and they're trapped <laughs> yeah. in that other paradigm of the 50s. Anyway, uh, I, when I, you, yeah, like when I came out officially at 14, like to everything, okay. everyone. So I knew probably, I knew probably that, that I was attracted to girls when I was at four and five, you know, having crushes on girls. But, and I also knew that on some level that I felt really 
like a boy at that age, but I, di- I didn't know anybody or didn't have any frame of reference for what that right. was. Um, and then when I came out at 19, I thought, oh, this is this is my thing. Oh, I said I like girls. Okay, I got it. I got it. Okay, good. All right, all right. Got that out of the way. Good. On with my life. And then um, there was a still this low-grade ache, if you will, sort mm-hmm. of something just constantly sort of tapping me on the shoulder and, you know, hey, you know, you haven't figured it out entirely yet. Ah, And and it took me until I was probably 28, 30 in that range. And um, I met a guy who was a trans guy and it was the first trans guy I'd ever seen in my life and ever heard him, ever heard speak. And Mm -hmm. um, who was this? His name was PJ Mears. And he's a, he's a, like an advocate and a, public figure in Maine and works like on trans issues and equality okay. and stuff okay. like that. And so and the, the little thing go like, oh my God, that's me? Or you're just like, why am I so... It was beyond that. It was like, it made me sob. Like, I, wow. um, the so identification... It really, like, it just like oh yeah, like I imploded listening to him. Um, he j- and he wasn't even saying anything that profound. You know what I mean? All he did was share his story. Right, and I right. Was but like, you're like, oh my God, that's my story. Yeah. It just, wow. for me, it was, it was so profound in a way that... Um, I felt crushed in the best way. You know what I mean? Just wow. Um, so I mean, because you're just hanging out. I'm, you know, I'm attracted well, to women. And you, you know what's no inter- idea. interesting is that I didn't know I was missing something until I mean, you were I already saw a comedian. Then, well, I wasn't a comedian yet. I I I um, met PJ. I owned a web development company in Portland. Where I grew, up, where I spent my last twenty years before I came to Los Angeles. Okay. And um, I was probably after I identified with his transness, I was like, oh, okay, like I, I know who I am. I'm not sure what I'm going to do about it yet. And then about two years after that, I started doing comedy. Like from the moment that I met PJ, maybe about a year or two after that, that I started doing stand up. And um, so it's actually it's. Okay. <laughs> it's touching it's just, my. It's just. It's tri- touching I my. I think there's so much of the other noise. <laughs> I just want to make sure that I. Um, anyway. I can feel it on my whiskers. Oh, okay. Um, okay. Good. Good. But uh, anyway, so um, so the I was when I I knew who I was when I hit the stage, but I only came out as queer. Right. Um, right. And then two years into my stand-up career, I came out as trans on stage, but I still had a very large chest. I still right, presented I saw, as seen, female. Like, like, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, so uh, people were just like, uh, okay, whatever. Uh, I mean, audience members were like, okay, we don't get it. Uh, we believe you, whatever. Um, <laughs> but also, trans awareness was different then. Oh, I mean, yeah. This it, was we're at a 15 years ago. Right. We're in a different level of consciousness. It was actually 12 years ago. Now, yeah. uh, when I came out, it was 12 years ago. I was, I'm, I'm going in my 15th year of doing stand-up, and I came out two years in. So it was like you know, 12 or 13 years ago that, I, that trans awareness, you're right, absolutely. People, Completely especially different. in Maine, especially in Maine, where I was performing mostly yeah. in Maine and Boston and Portland and Boston, you know, people were, they were like, and my comic friends were like, oh, okay, okay, dude, uh, or whatever. Uh, right, right, <laughs> you know? right. That doesn't mean anything. It yeah. Because now so we, it's everywhere. You and know? now, yeah, now I think people are like, oh, right, sure. And so now when I tell people I'm trans, um, they think that I'm going to transition the other direction. They're like, right. okay, you want to be a woman? Why do you have a beard? I'm like, no, 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 been there, been there, done that. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, um, that moment of PJ meeting him changed my life. And I don't, I, I've told him that before, but it was, uh, and I did a Ted talk recently. I did a Ted talk. Yeah, it came yeah. out in December, which I'll put and a link, I mentioned a link PJ on, on it and I sent it. him, I sent him the link so he could know 
the impact because sometimes like all it takes is sharing your story once and for one person to hear it to have sort of you know made a difference in somebody's life and for me like someone said this to me too one time another trans person said you know I couldn't imagine myself getting older or aging until I knew who I was and I, I realized that that was true for me too I I was going throughout my life, but I had no idea what I would look like when I was older. I had no vision for myself or my life. I couldn't, because I couldn't, I didn't know who the hell I was. Right, right, right. I mean, how can you envision yourself as an old person, male or female, or what you might look like when you actually don't know who you are? And the moment that I knew who I was, when I heard from PJ, this all, like, um, do you remember um, on, did you ever watch Gilligan's Island? Yeah, yeah. Whenever there was like a fantasy c- sequence, it was like all oh, its wavy lines right, like right, on right, the right, screen, right, right, right. and then something comes up and it's clear behind it. That's kind of like what happened. There were all these wavy lines when PJ was talking, and it took like weeks and months and maybe even a couple of years before all that was clear, and I was like, I know exactly what I want to do. I'm going to change my name. The name change was really fast for me. That part I knew for sure. And then um, after that, it was just, um, I don't know, kind of... Like every day, I went. I love therapy. I love um, the other thing is like I'm sober. I mean, we've talked about this before. I'm right. sober, um, 23 years now, which wow. I w- honestly wouldn't have this clarity about who I was without that either. I mean, I I give PJ a huge thanks for telling me his story, but let's say I wasn't sober and I heard that story, might not have heard it. I might right. not have received how, how it. How would you been available you know? if you were yeah. still kind of not? Yeah. Clear. Like, if you're not sober, how are you going to be in touch with what's? That's Absolutely. A real, that's like a layer underneath another layer. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. I don't know if I would have been present enough to hear it, receive it, and understand that that was me. And do you feel so. that some of the uh, the addiction was masking sort of the struggle underneath that? I mean, do you was it? Well, listen directly like to that. I mean, I don't know if it's it's not one thing. It's you well, know. when I. F- when I first realized that I was trans after hearing PJ's story, I went back, sort of digging back into my past and my drinking history um, and thinking, oh, that's why I drank. But here's the truth. I'm an addict. I'm an alcoholic. I do things in excess. I have something in my genetic DNA and brain chemistry that that's what happens. I get triggered when I drink and I just drink till I can't drink anymore. Right. That I... I had, but I had these reasons also. <laughs> right, <laughs> right, 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 right. In addition, um, I just happened to be. <laughs> right. These so it inflamed. It definitely inflamed. Like my queerness and my identity and my sexual identity, my orientation and how I felt about my body all fueled the drinking, without a doubt. Yeah. Um, when I got sober at my first try at 21, I stayed sober for like two years and seven months. And that was pretty cool. It gave me some insight. Um, and I definitely thought maybe it had to do with my queerness or that I, but I didn't really put it on my queerness. Huh. Okay. I'm an ad- I like, I have the genetic, right, you know, right. st- like I yeah, know I just have an it. addict that happens to be queer. Yeah. I mean, like and so me an I did it again when I came out as trans. I thought, oh, like this, oh, the, and then it took me a little, it took me a minute and I was like, no. I'm just a drunk right? <laughs> it happens. who had good drink. reasons to try to squelch all those voices, you right, know, that right. were coming up and then my discomfort about my body and much easier. It's much easier to drink um, 
over your body and drink over these issues than it is to address them in a clear-minded and way. And feel it. And yeah. have all those yeah. feelings. I well, mean, which it's, it's actually, in hindsight, it's not easier. At the time, I thought it was easier. Right. But today, the I cost. have to say, yeah. I mean, today, I mean, I just didn't have the tools back then, you know? And now I have these life skills, tools that I have from being sober. Um, and for me, like that, like, you know, like comes through like a program that works for me that like I, um, it just taught me how to live. So, and I apply that to everything that I do and my queerness and my transness and, um, my everyday life and clarity and career and relationships and love and family. And, um, so I wouldn't be or be here talking to you about any of this right now if I weren't sober. So, right, right. You can be living at this, in this, in this new realm. Now, I just wanted to backtrack a little bit because you, at one point, you connected with Margaret Cho and you were opening for her as a trans yeah, yeah. performer. And for like three years, you were touring? Yeah, I um, I met her about six months after I moved here to Los Angeles. Um, and she was doing a set at this little bar on the east side um, called Ack Bar in Silver Lake. And uh, I chat with her afterwards. She gave me her number and email address. We chit chat that way. And she invited me to a show. And then we, when we got to the show, when we met at the show, she said, you're going to go up and do five minutes. And I kind of shit my pants. Um, <laughs> just a little, little turd. <laughs> but you were already doing comedy. Yeah, you absolutely. Just, but it was the pressure of here. doing. Yeah, yeah. Well, I moved here to do, to do stand-up. And it was, it, was, it was my dream to meet somebody like her and to go on the road and have that experience. Right. Um, that's like a whole, that's like doing graduate studies or something. Yeah, or, it was know. phenomenal. And so after that, like that, after that night, I went on the road with her for the next three years. God. Um, so um, she was really, and she was really incredible. And you know, people say, you know, what was your break? And I don't like if you, if there was like a big break or whatever. It was Margaret sweeping me up and taking me with her, and allowing me the visibility uh, um, in front of her very queer and smart and liberal audiences. Right, right. Because I can't um, imagine you hanging out at just a regular you know, Hooters as sports bar. Well, I mean, I mean, I did all of that stuff too. I mean, I did all those bars and st I did, you know, I, I started in Maine. Come right, on, there's right, no right. queer comedy club and, you know, right, 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 there's, right. No, there's no Cho's Laughing Lounge in, right, you know, right, right. in Maine. But, uh, but she gave me like 25 minutes at the beginning of every one of her shows wow. to like hone my God. craft in front of like these big, huge audiences. And I'll tell you, you know what? There, they were amazing. Everybody was amazing, but there was times like when um, I was so scared out of my mind. Like right. I think we did a show in Minneapolis that was like um, I want to say it was like an out and equal conference or something like that. But there was like five thousand people in the audience of like this wow. incredibly huge um, theater. I want to say it's not. It wasn't a stadium, but it was like a. It was an enormous theater. Right. And um, it was probably the largest audience that I ever performed. And I, I, I thought I was going to die right before I walked on stage. I was fine once I walked on stage. But so anyway, she was incredibly generous to. Um, and she said every time that I, I would get nervous, she'd say, you know what? P you, people need you. They need your representation. Um, they need your voice. They need to hear what you have to say. And you're going to be fine. Go. And so she just it was so simple to her. Um and she saw it so clearly before I did, even I did, that there was no trans visibility in comedy um, at that time for trans guys and definitely not at the level that was opening for her. Um, right. And she just gave me this enormous gift to let me come around with her for that long. So Wow. And at one point near, near the end, 
I just said, I had this conversation with her. I said, listen, like, I want to be as big as you. Like, I would love to be a career opener for you. If I were going to be an opener for anybody for the rest of my life, I would want it to be you. But at some point, I got to fly. And she's like, you're a headliner. Go. You need to go do this. Go. And so from that time, and that, I think that was like in 2009, um, that she was like, we had that chat. And, and we've done shows periodically together since. And look, we're, you know, best friends. And, um, you know, we're family. But, um, but since then, like, it's, you really have to, you, when you get a gig like that, you can't do it forever. You really have to, like, at some point, wean yourself off and say, I, all, I too have to fly. Right. And I would like to, I mean, I don't know if I'll <laughs> ever be as enormous as Margaret. She's so incredible and iconic that, uh, but it is absolutely something to strive for. So, right. um, so uh, she was awesome. And it's, it's, it could be really easy to go, God, I hope this never goes away. I'm going to, I'm going to hold on to this right, with right. a death grip until I can't do it anymore. And, um, or, um, you can say, I want to be as big as you and, you know, take, take that leap and hope that you know the wind will catch you and that's what i've done and it's been really really fun yeah so. yeah i had a mentor one saying you know whenever you're if i'm up for her or for anybody she's like you can't perform like there's someone else coming up on stage after you you have to put out all the fires yourself and that's when you mm. really own your energy I like that because yeah. when you have a little thing in the back you're like well, okay these are they're a little tight or they're a little whatever oh well so-and-so's gonna you know, like, you know, or Jessica Kirsten's going to finish the show. What do I have to worry <laughs> right. about? It? Like, no. Right. Yeah. Jessica is dead. You now have to finish the show yourself. Whatever, it's five minutes, 15 minutes, go all the way to the edge. And Jessica was like that with me. She would, you know, I've worked with her a lot. And she'd say, you know, step forward. Are they being weird? Are you uncomfortable? Good. Step forward. Yeah. You know, and step into it. Step into yeah, it. Yeah, move and it right was into like it. Yeah. A little shift in my head, like, to not think of myself as this little... Yeah. Like, no, you got a butch. There's a butchness and, and, and a, a masculine, like aggressive sport kind of energy about comedy. It's not, it's not like a poetry reading. You got to like. Well, one of my one of my acting teachers taught me something ab about stand up, and I don't even know if she realized it, but which was, she there were we would do these exercises in class where we were, we were moving around each other. We had a we were on the stage. It was like 15 of us on stage, and she had us moving in random patterns around each other. Um, and just walking and she would either tell us to speed up the pace or slow the pace and that sort of thing and to look for the next portal and try to get to that portal before in your mind before um, say that person over there gets past you like be looking for the next portal and it was about sort of creating awareness and looking forward and not looking at the floor not looking up in the s to the sky but looking at these people in the eyes of the faces that um, of these people that are within your fucking presence. And one of the things that I got out of those exercises was when I went back to do stand-up comedy, when someone would say something from the audience, I used to sort of veer away from it. Um, right. And I right. now consider it a portal. And like, let's right. go directly towards that person. Right. Let's move towards and not be f afraid of what they're saying. But if you didn't understand it, let's clarify what they said. Right. Let's discuss what they said. Right. Let's move through that together. Right. And all of us are going to go. It's like almost like we were all, everybody's moving together in this audience and me and me in the audience. Everybody's moving in that way that she's had us do. And the moment says someone says something, we all stop and turn and go right into that portal together. Right. Right. And that for me was so, such a powerful and it allowed me to I was doing my routine I was doing I say routine but I was doing my bits 
but I love now love those moments. Right. Instead of fear them, I stop, I listen, I engage, I go through it, and usually something really beautiful comes out of it. Right. Um, right. I mean, I don't. I don't. When I say beautiful, I mean funny comes out of it. Um, right. Right. But you're in the moment, and that's there's some there's yeah, nothing more powerful yeah, than like okay, absolutely. Gotta, you know, I think of it like when like at the back to the main comedy festival when we were playing tennis. Tennis to me is like comedy. When you go to the net, you 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 see the portal. When you want to go to the net, you don't walk to the net. You you got to get there, and then the game changes because you have to be much more present. You can sort of phone it in at the baseline uh-huh. oh, and like yeah, yeah. hit the ball over it bounces yeah, yeah. hit it back but then once you go okay oh what was that and you're well, like it's safe right right it's, it's safe totally to safe. be at the at the baseline you right. know right um so yeah that that getting out of your comfort zone to step into what most people think is a danger zone like i consider it like the sweet spot now right, of right. like Yes, let's do that. And so instead of like telling somebody to shut up, <laughs> you know, just being like, I'm sorry, sir. I'm, I didn't hear what you said. Was that something incredibly, you know, was that homophobic? Was that I, I, I you know, I, can please just share more, whatever that is. And I've had um, what's nice, too, is that sometimes I don't even have to be corrective if someone says something mean. I can just repeat it and the audience can be corrective to the person. It's right. almost like this pack mentality that I don't even have to sort of orchestrate um anyway i, I don't know I right but i think collectively vague. people i'm getting vague but no but I, there are moments when someone is being i don't know they're a little drunk they think they're helping and they think they're and they always <laughs> think they're helping <laughs> yeah, this yeah. is what makes the show better yeah, dude yeah, you were great yeah. i'm like dude you were black in a blackout right, i think you're right. still in a blackout now right. <laughs> you know they don't know um I, lo- I love it all now. I don't veer away from any of it now, mm. um, which, you know, strangely, my acting, you know, class taught me that mm. years. I've been doing stand up for years and my acting class is the one that sort of taught me how to do that. But right. I'm so right. grateful. Now, before I forget. So in your TED talk, your theme is everyone's a little bit trans is one of the themes I got. And I love that you're going through like you were saying, like when you come to L.A., this is the capital of plastic surgery. Everyone's yeah, getting yeah. some sort of trans <laughs> operation to change something about their body they don't like or they're well, not comfortable they're with. They're modifying their body the, the really specifically. As the capital of plastic surgery in the country here, people are modifying their bodies to be specifically more masculine or more feminine. Yeah. Men are getting pectoral implants, having their abs sculpted. They're having um, calf, calf implants. implants. They're doing like they're doing some men are doing some pretty intense stuff. And so are women. Women are getting breast augmentations, um, having fat sucked from here and injected into here. And yeah, I mean, their there's lips so yeah. Blown up and, and all yeah. of it is like to enhance whatever femininity or masculine traits that they already have. They're trying to be butcher. They're trying to be femur. They're to whatever that is like that. Um, it And people are doing so much of it but not calling it you know the motivation what it is which is the same as like i may have been born female and that i modified my body to be more masculine the motivation and the underlying stuff is very very similar like and to for people to say that they can't possibly imagine what it's like to be trans is bullshit it's just utter bullshit it's Mm. like a blocking mechanism so that we do not have to connect with each other and to actually claim that we are in the same tribe it's like a separation mechanism and i just think that 
I'm, I'm like had enough of the bullshit of the separation and it's an illusion. And to say, you know what? We all have had these feelings on some level. We may or may not do anything about them, but we may have, we've all been sort of been mass marketed by the media about things about ourselves and about our masculinity and femininity, which is all utter bullshit. Um, and so we've all been sort of put upon by, and these are our, our feelings are a result of that. And so if we stick to the feelings and not about whether I'm trans and I identify as trans and use that language or not, but our feelings are all very, very similar. Like, I don't know what you do for your body to look the way that you do, that you feel best in your head. Right, and about best in my your, body. Yeah. yeah, and like, it is very, at its core, very related to your masculinity or your femininity. Mm. I mean, it just is. Right. So when people say that they can't relate, I just call bullshit on that. So my, my talk was for cisgender people. So cisgender are... Just for people... People who were assigned a certain sex at birth and also identify with that sex. Right. So I was born as a bio male and I identify as a right. male. Yes. And, or female. So but in your case, you were born, I guess, I biologically was, I was born female and I did not necessarily resonate with that marker so you're, you're a trans, as I got you're older. You're a trans male, not So I'm a trans male. guy. And yeah. so, so when I say cisgender, so this talk that I gave really was geared towards helping cisgender people who think that they can't understand how trans people feel hmm. to give them a frame of reference that might, where they might go, oh, that, oh, okay. I get it now. <laughs> okay. And so here's, here's the thing that came up for me because I, which I was, I was loving it, and it actually I was almost crying. So I'll add, I'll put the link uh, on the site, on the site, so people can can watch this TED talk you gave, which is amazing. But uh, there's a there's a little voice in my head that goes, but hold on, there's also stuff that's like, what part is the inside craving, just because that's who I really feel I am in my soul or my identity? But then what part is there any influence of like? Vogue magazine tells every woman she's fat and she needs these things, so they're not enough. Or men should be these things right you it's know, hard like to discern today like discern what is really what's, you what's really me and my authentic desires right and, and what's how much like, have you been marketed to right marketed and shamed yeah you know i mean yeah. i even had my aunt when i was a kid poke my stomach go, oh you still have your baby butt and i always i i you know when you did that thing of like what would you change with your body i'm like uh i want an eight pack i want a fucking chelsea boy eight pack <laughs> i want to jaded a million guys that shoot up on the steroids and their bodies are flawless i mean there's all these other flaws that they've covered up with their abs but they have the bodies right and I'd work They're out dead on the inside. They're dead on the inside, <laughs> but man, it's yeah. you know, if you want to yeah. have sex with a dead body, it should be a really beautiful dead body like that. You well, know, it really is hard to discern like what is mine and what have I been sort of mass marketed to. I mean, I think about the show Mad Men and all the ads, that right, they, you know, right, right. back back in that era where there was such a boom in uh, marketing and using starting to use sex for marketing right, where it right. became OK to do that. And okay to shame people, and okay to you know all shame them into buying something that will fall like f give you you know f f I don't know false results or f uh, false hope that you could I don't know whatever. Yeah, it would, it would fill the hole but inside. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I um, it's hard to say for me like, uh, um, you know, even as a kid, I so I was probably three and four years old when I knew that I felt like a boy. Mm. How much marketing had I received at that age? 
Not a lot. Right, right, right. <laughs> right. And there wasn't I mean, for me to like. And know, in those days, so it, there wasn't a whole thing of like, all the, oh, you should be a boy. And like, no one's telling. If anything, right. it'd be the other way around. You'd be pressured to be right. girly girly. Right, right. You know, what, there's something inside that's calling you to that. So today, my questions for myself, my questions aren't about whether or not that was authentic for me, because it is. But today, my questions are okay, why do I want to wear this V neck? Why do I want to make sure that the sleeves are tighter? Are fitted. Right, right. <laughs> why do I want to wear Because you're a trans jeans? man, not a straight man. A straight <laughs> man would have a blousey, <laughs> whatever. They don't care. Right, right, right. Those billowy little Right, right, right. T-shirts. Everything looks like ba- oh you have God, basketball, yeah. basketball shorts yeah, oh on your God, arms. Yeah. Like, it's just like, what's the point Which of a sleeve? Which annoys the hell out of right, me, right. by the way. Um, but so what, how much bullshit have I been fed to want to wear, wear and present the way that I do? Why do I want this beard? Why do I want my hair this way? Why right, do right. I Everything want, you know, beautifully yeah, qual- just everything. It's, it's, it's done, but it's not done. It's kind of edgy, but it's done. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, I mean, so, so why, what messages did I receive that this is what you get, what I put out now? Right, right, right. Um, right. So I, it's hard to say like, what's what today and what, um, how much of it is me deciding for myself and how much has been decided for me by all the stuff that I've right. been presented in the media. Right. Now you're going to, I saw that you're going to be in Albany in March. Yeah. Actually we we have to move it because I just got cast on a, in a recurring role on a show. Oh wow. On an ABC can show. Can you reveal what the ABC show? I can't. Show? I can't. Okay. But I, 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 I'm well, not just on this. They can follow you on Twitter and they'll find yes, out eventually. Follow me on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and you'll find out in the next like two weeks because oh, that's exciting. Yeah, so I can announce it shortly, but I can't, just yet right, but right. it is an abc show that i get to do a recurring role that's great on, so on I'm an a- so this I had is to abc network yeah oh yeah shit, trans so <laughs> regular so tv yeah, yeah i'm excited yeah. well i mean i i mean this is like one of those um you know it's uh, i this is what i think i think um, you're like the male candace kane <laughs> <laughs> well she <laughs> did that role she she's was fantastic i love her she <laughs> was on dirty sexy money which yeah, yeah, i yeah. loved her on i thought she was yeah, really yeah, great yeah, on yeah. um you know, I, I think all of these things are like great um, things for trans people to get yeah. and to be cast and to be noticed and uplifted and elevated into the media yeah. in good ways. And um, I hope that it's just one of thousands of things that are uh, to come, you know, right. and not right. just for me, but for lots of other trans people, too. So. Right. But right. yeah, so I was going to be in Albany. You're a pioneer. You're I was going to be there, um, but we have to move it to summer. So okay. I don't have the date yet. So but we'll, we'll have to, I'll, I'll keep, I'll post others yeah. to see. Cause I can't, I was so like, oh, I guess I'll schedule, you know, that date. Well, I won't now. Don't, yeah, don't plan it going yeah, up. No. <laughs> don't do it. Not yet. I have to actually, I think it has to be um, adjusted on my website too. So. Right, right, right. Okay. So right. um, yeah. So yeah. Uh, yeah, that show. What else? I don't know if I'm trying to think of what else. Basically, if you, anything that's going on in my life, I will post on on my Instagram and Facebook and Twitter and all that. But okay. I'll make that announcement soon. I have really great new managers that I just auditioned for like a part on like Marin on Mark Marin's show. I just oh. like they are really really awesome. Wow. I don't know if I'll get to. I don't know if I'll get that or not. I just okay. did that on Friday. Okay. But like, but they're getting me like really cool stuff. I've never had managers. I've never had a team of people in my corner. That, wow. we're like, that are like, you know, you know, we think you're cool, kid. You know, let us help you. You know, like, uh, I don't know that just some that they're really awesome. They're very young and smart and hip and um, get it and have, have are really working hard on my behalf to try to help me like elevate me as well, which I'm so grateful for. That's great. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. I want to cry. Yeah. Like, it's you know, so, it's because, you know, visibility in, in the LGBT world is like, 
going to fucking work. You yeah. know, there's so many speed bumps. I mean, we're cool, we're hot, and at the same time, there's speed bumps. You know, like, how do you... Can you be gayer? Can you be more transy? You yeah. know? <laughs> right, right. Can your beard be beardy, but not yeah. so... A femme beard? Can you have a bit more yeah. femme beard? Like, it's crazy <laughs> shit people will ask you. Right. I don't know. I feel like, can you be more oriental? <sighs> what? Someone what? say that? Yeah. Oh, my God. That's A little so more weird. hi-yah. I'm like, oh, my God. You just said this in an audition for a commercial. Serious. Yeah. Oh, my God. I mean, she was trying to do... What was that for? It. What was that for? It was for, uh, uh, it's for uh, uh, a junk food. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, this oh is pre-taste the rainbow. It was like, oh fuck the God. rainbow. We're going to say all these bad things. You know, it's horrible. But I'm like, for $25,000, okay, hi-ya! You know, like, oh my, yeah. It's horrible. I just was yeah. like, I felt I felt dirty. I died a little inside. I thought, did I just did I just prostitute myself a little? Like, yeah. yeah, but you know what, though? Like, I, um, some, you know what? At, at some, I think... It, there's a thin line, right? Like, where, okay, I got to make a living. How do I do this and do it? okay and well and not um be disrespectful and and participate in their racism right 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 their their phobias or whatever but then i could take this money and really make some inroads for the movement yeah maybe maybe you can use use that um to create change you know i mean it's it's one of those hard decisions you know i think everyone has to make that decision in in any any world i'm in recovery but i also um shot a beer commercial like how do i (laughs) you know how do i settle that within myself you know right um I didn't feel like we were promoting the beer as much as I felt like I had the greatest, one of the greatest lines, which I can't even tell you because uh, um, I have a non-disclose. Right, but right. it's like one of those, like, I I thought, oh, the line is so good that it's worth it to me. It yeah. actually had nothing to do with drinking beer. Right. So right. for me, I was like, the line actually had to do with about gender and the spectrum and that sort of thing. And oh, I was like, cool. oh, you know what? Like, yes. Yeah, like you could this, do yeah, something. You yeah. could do something. It felt like it could. On that platform. Yeah, right. absolutely. Right. So, um, anyway, so I, for that, you know, I say yes, you know, um, you know, maybe if it, if it was just, uh, like Zoolander, what did you feel about Zoolander 2? Did you see that clip? I have not seen, I have not seen Zoolander 2. I didn't either, but everyone was talking, you know, it's, it's, there's a whole thing about the trans character called, uh, I think it was called one or all, it was called all. All is all, and he's like, dude. So wait, are you a, are you a man or a woman? And, you know, because it's supermodel, ambiguous, androgynous. And he's like, all is all, and he's like, no, I mean, like, you know, do you have a hamburger, or do you have a, do you have a hot dog or a bun, you know? And it was like <laughs> so, right, like right. it's so like third grade right. jock transphobic. They were saying it's very transphobic. Other people saying, no, it's just we're just bashing, you know, fashion. We're like, well, eh, you know, you know what people that. People are like, oh, I'm just making this. I'm just making art. I'm like, it's just funny. It's just this. It's just that anytime of someone, and I think, um, you know, just as long as you, you know what, you can make whatever you want, as long as you actually are honest, that you are actually teaching people how to respond to trans people when you, like, you're teaching people to ask them what's in their pants. Right. Or under their skirt. Or when you say, do you have a hot dog or a bun? You know, or whatever that, like, you're teaching people that it's okay to go up and just ask somebody right. what's between their legs, and it's not okay to do that. As long as you acknowledge that that's what you're teaching people to do, and it's not okay to do that, like, I don't do it to you, I don't do it to anybody else on the street, but trans people are the only people required on the planet to reveal what's between their legs to the right. public. Right. And so, you just as you can make whatever you want, but acknowledge that you are teaching people in the world that that is okay to do. 
Like right, it is right. okay. You know, uh, the media. Uh, this is like when I say media, I mean movie makers, TV show makers, commercials, um, videos on YouTube, commentary. When people um, discuss things or show things, when the very first time there was a movie back in, I don't remember the name of it, it was a black and white movie back in like 1915 or something like that. I can't remember. It was like what year it was, but someone just described this movie to me. It was the first time that I had ever heard of that people were taught how to respond to trans people. And it, the scene was this woman and her husband, I believe, were given this, and I think it was a silent film. They were given a, pill, a, a, a bottle of pills, and it was something like a sex change pill. And if you uh. take it, you wake up the next day as the opposite sex. Right. The woman takes it and becomes a man the next day, and she marches down the street, and everybody's fawning all over him and thinks he's the greatest guy and, like, has ladies and blah, And then on the m- husband takes the pill and is chased out of town. Is, cha- like, chased out of town like the like a weirdo and a freak and all that. And this was, like, way back when. Way wow. back when. Black and white, silent movie. And uh, forgive me, if I am fucking this up, I'm getting the gist right. If I'm, I, and I can't remember the name of it, but someone should Google it and correct me on this. Be, I'm happy to be corrected. But the, the theme of this was right. masculinity was worshipped. Right, and femininity is and bad. And this man becoming a woman and femininity was horrible. In fact, so and horrible, we're going femi- to chase them out of town. Because right. the loss of masculinity that, is bad. That moment in time, I don't know if it was the very first reference, but people don't understand how powerful those messages are when they put them in films and TV shows and that you are actually teaching people how to respond to someone that is different. Right. So um, that kind of shit, like, make whatever you want, Zoolander. Right, right, right. But just be truthful. That is not just comedy. You are actually teaching people how to respond to people. Like, when you say... You show them that it's okay to ask that question when it's actually not, that no other person is allowed to be asked that question but trans people. You are telling people that it's okay. Acknowledge that. And, like, you know, I just think that it's – so don't just brush it off and say it's just comedy because it's not. It's not right. just comedy. We're not right. just making fun of X, Y, and Z. No, you – it's like you don't – under like – Think about pet, uh, Ace Pet Detective. Jim right, Carrey right. Um, is stripping down this woman right, uh, right. in the movie because this person is the one. This is the, the evil person, the one who has been tricking us this whole time. Strips down, has breasts. And then Jim Carrey's character is like, well, strips down, rips off her skirt. And there's, she has these underwear on. And there's nothing in the front um, in the underwear. And he's like, oh, okay, well... And then flips her around, and he's like, ah, there it is. She's been tricking us the whole time. And there shows this penis, like, going up the back of this person's butt. <sighs> and as, that this person is someone who's evil, the bad guy, tricking us, and all of these things. And, and it's okay to strip them of their clothes. Wow. So this, this is something that was happening. What was that? What year was that? In the 90s? What, yeah, the, yeah. Whatever, like ni- 90, mid-90s, yeah. 93 or whatever. Yeah, yeah. This film taught, and this is like a... a Young boys, these are these young boys watching this film were taught exactly how to treat women, trans women later on. Right. Through this right. movie, this is how you should respond. And so you think about the murders that are happening of trans women right. today. Right. And you think about the fear that was taught to them through these 
comedy movies. Right, right. right? No one goes up to some guy yeah. and goes, hey, show me your dick. Show yeah. me what's going on. What yeah. is that? What is nobody, it? nobody. And no that's one. All one of, also one of the privileges of being a trans guy as opposed to a trans woman right. is that masculinity is worshipped, femininity is feared, and, and also up for um, discussion in a way right. that masculinity is not. And so these films in this in media like where people are teaching people how men in particular how to respond to trans women is all responsible in some collective all these little um aggressions right right <laughs> microaggressions i mean i wouldn't say so micro because right, right. Uh, but Overt. like th put them all together they're it's massive yeah, it's yeah. massive what we have and then, um, and then report in media, report in the news that some, some trans woman had tricked some guy rather than the real story was these two were lovers and he was afraid somebody would find out. Right, right. This person knew all along. Right, come on. You know, so it's, there's a lot of stuff like that that, um, that adds up into teaching. You th so think about the people who of the era of watching got like Ace, two minutes to the battery dies. Watching Ace Ventura Pet Detective, watching that, and those are adult men now. And what they're doing to either promote that to to continue that idea that, that you know, trans women are not women, they're really men tricking us. Right, um right. those kinds of so um Anyway, I want I want everybody to know that they've been duped by the media. Right, right. I mean, th and, and I guess in closing, because we have a, a few minutes before the battery dies, I think it's interesting with Caitlyn Jenner, such visibility and moving the conversation, but at the same time, a Kardashian. Like, it's this mixed, I feel this, this struggle, like, but she was born of this other realm which you know many people think of as like this spectacle and blah 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 now even even her own story she speaks of the trans community in a, in the third person like those people it's so great for them well she's been corrected yeah, yeah, to yeah. not do that anymore and they and the i did you watch the show the i am kate show it's yeah. pretty remarkable yeah well I, w I was watching the beginning and i was like oh my god what is she doing she's Treating them like but she was taken to task by every trans woman on that show and saying, listen, it's not them anymore. It's us. You have to say yeah, us. Yeah. Um, they approached every significant issue um, that that trans women face from employment to murder to suicide to um, homelessness. And uh, I mean, every major topic they've covered. Um, so that show, I mean. I don't know Caitlin. I don't know her struggle other than I know that she has felt this way since she was a kid and struggled with it. And I can't imagine have living into my, well into my sixties and then coming right. out like right. and having finally. that much visibility before coming out and you're this weird reality yeah. thing. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah I yeah. think that the show itself was, was really well done. Probably the most real reality show that I've seen. Um, and that the real stars of those sh that show were all those trans women that right. were on there. All the advocates really that had yeah, their shit together. They were really amazing. Right, because I was watching them going, oh my God, thank God that person's in this yeah. one. Oh, thank God that person's talking. Because it's really, it, 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 in a way, it's great because it's almost like people could take the journey with Caitlyn if they showed up and they could actually be a bit more like Caitlyn because she was being schooled by the elders. Mm. You know, like this is what it is. You know, um, people get really upset with her for the things that she says. And, you know, if she's going to be a role model, she shouldn't say whatever. The only time people are role models is when people like what they have to say. <laughs> and then they're, then they're dethroned the moment they don't, they don't like what they have to say. 
We're still on camera, though. Let me just do it on camera, at least for this. Um, I do want to still record it. Well, that's recording. This is not I do want to thank you, Ian. I don't know how much of this I'll have to trans. I'll transpose. Let's just get up close. Let's, Let's just get, get up really close. Let's get up really close. Thank you so much for yeah, doing my for podcast. It was so great to hear your voice and what you bring to the table as as, as who you are and what you do. Um, and thank you so much for taking. Thank you your for time. coming all the way from New York to LA <laughs> to a strip mall to, to meet that way on the corner of Highland and Wilshire to have a conversation with me before you go to beautiful Hawaii. Yeah, yeah. So, well, thank you. Yeah, mm. thank you. Love you. Thank you so much. Love you. Love you too. Okay. Well, we got we got the rest of the edit in there just <laughs> on my iPad. <laughs> So that was my on-the-fly W2Y podcast interview with Ian Harvey. Amazing. So exciting. And today, as I'm making this recording, uh, it's official. I can say it. Ian Harvey will be appearing on the new season of Young and Hungry, which is on the ABC Family Channel. Uh, Well, actually, it's called uh, Freeform Channel, formerly ABC Family Channel. So check your local listings for basic cable and uh, find out what channel that's in. Uh, you can go to WTYPod.com, that's WTYPOD.com for more information. Or you can also go to Ian Harvey's website, that's I-A-N-H-A-R-V-I-E.com, that's I-A-N-H-A-R-V-I-E.com. But it's not even listed on his website yet because he just found out that he can say it. it he actually found out through Facebook, as I did, because people were already tagging him saying he's going to be co-starring in the new season. And it's very exciting, a trans male actor on an abc family channel so uh, you heard it him t- here today and uh thank you so much i'm so grateful for you listening in please go to itunes and soundcloud and uh subscribe and follow and please leave a review for wty we there yet podcast i'm rich camco thank you so much for tuning in wty It's a comedy journey.